Hey guys, this is John with part two of my podcast with the amazing Freddie Kawano here on the Mobile Radio Carnival via the CEF.world. It was the 1950s uh, mm-hmm. years and uh, the black movement had not started yet. Uh, Martin Luther King was only beginning to become famous, okay. but he wasn't as famous as uh, he later became. And uh, so um, I had to get 35 students to sign up before I can teach that summer class. I had to persuade uh, some students to sign up for it. But I told the principal, it's not possible for me to teach the folklore because folklore comes out of black history. So um, I want to change the name of the subject. Instead of black folklore, I'm uh-huh. going to call it the history of the Negro people in America. Right. And we began calling it Negro history. And um, had 35 students. That was the summer school of 19... 19- 65, wow. when they had the Watts riot. Right. Yeah. And um, then uh, in 1966, I was able to get more students to sign up for black history. Okay. So we had more classes. By the time 67 or 68 comes around, we now, because I was developing a course of study, mm-hmm. which was uh, very complicated, but uh, very... Um, historical, mm-hmm. and uh, it is going to be accepted in the LA Unified School District for a five-unit course, and it could be counted towards graduation. Right. And uh, so um, by uh, 1968, uh, 69, I was teaching three or four classes in black history. Oh, nice. Yeah. And uh, while I was uh, uh, teaching that class, the principal gets promoted, and he's going to be out of a school, but another um, uh, principal comes in. Mm-hmm. And uh, in September of 1968, uh, while I was on my duty in front of the school, see, every after-school teacher has a duty post right. until the school clears out. And I was given the post of the front of the school because... Can you imagine this? Grown men that are 20, 25, almost 30 years of age would gather men. There must be about 40 of them okay. gathering in front of the school trying to pick up their quote-unquote girlfriend. Oh, boy. Oh, no. The girls that are leaving, they're out there to pick them up. Right. I mean, was able to get them to go on to the other side of the street. You right. Know, it was very difficult have to tell them to get out of here you see yeah. you know you go on the other side of the street uh, you know and um, finally I was able to persuade the police uh, to do something about it to bring their uh, black and white pass by them yeah and that time to pass by them enough times and sometimes to stop them because I did not want to have grown men yeah picking up junior high school girls what are leaving school. Yeah, that, that's pretty good of you, Freddie, yeah, making well, sure everything's okay you have that to way. to do that. Yeah. And um, uh, you do all these things, 
And then, in order to do what I did, you have to be kind of rougher. Right. Even if they're big guys like that, they realize that you're a school teacher right in right. front of the school, you're defending the students, so they'll back off. And I was able to get them backing off in yeah. front of the school, across the street. And um, so I got a, a reputation as a tough guy. Right, a guy who's looking out for other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's and, good. Uh, so now comes um, the beginning of 1968 school year. Okay. That's um, September of 1968. I was on my duty, and the principal comes up to me, and he says, uh, Mr. Kawano, we are going to have an organization called the Black Student Union right. on our campus, and I would like to have you be the sponsor and advisor to that club. And I said, me? Look, more than 50% of the faculty of, of Carver Junior High School are black. Right. They know more about the black students than I do. I'm a Japanese American, and, and I don't know enough about the, the conditions and situations of blacks, whereas these teachers uh, were right. black themselves have lived among them. So they know more about the uh, feelings and uh, so on about the black students. So you should appoint someone who is black right. for an organization such as the Black Student Union. Yeah, that would make sense, right? Yes, it would. And uh, the principal said to me, all right, I will try to find a black teacher to, to be the advisor and the sponsor. Right. The next day he comes over to me and says, I couldn't find anyone oh, man. to take the well, one day. Right. You know, I don't think he even tried. Because he knew he wanted you to do it. He wanted me to do it, yeah. but you're going to find out the reason why. Yeah. So then, if you can't find anybody then, I said, all right. In that case, I will do it. Because you want me to, and I will do it. Right. But I knew when you say black student union, I defined for the principal. It was a white principal at this time. Okay. This is not a chess club. This is not some kind of hobby club. It's not a future Teachers of America club. The Black Student Union is a political action mm -hmm. organization. Yeah. And uh, so I said to him, I will accept the position you want me to accept, provided uh -huh. the superintendent of the school appoints me to that position. Gotcha. I was thinking ahead. Yep. Because it might uh, become a huge problem, and I want to be able to testify on the oath that A, I refused that position. Right. I gave the reason why I refused it. He still wanted to be the uh, advisor and sponsor, and therefore I said uh, I wanted the superintendent to appoint uh, me even, even despite my feeling, right. and he did. So I'm an advisor now and a sponsor of Black Student Union at the behest of not only the principal, but the superintendent of the school. Right. Only to find out that there was an organization 
of college students, Black Student Union at UCLA, at USC, Cal State LA. Every college has a Black Student Union. It is powerful. Okay. And a lot of my students who studied Black history under me for the past so many years. They have graduated from high school and they are now uh, in college. Mm -hmm. And they are our chairman of the Black Student Union. They got together and formed an organization called the Black Student Alliance. Mm -hmm. That alliance means all the different colleges and universities that have the Black Student Union. Right. Will get together to form one solid Black Student Union. And they got together. And one of their leaders came to the campus of George Washington Carver Junior High School. I believe two of them came, that's what he said. The principal told me the real truth. He wasn't not telling me the whole truth. He said two college students mm -hmm. came onto the campus before school began in September of 68 and had a discussion with him and told him that they wanted the Black Student Union to be formed on the campus of Carver Junior High School. And they demanded that they want the sponsor and advisor of that Black Student Union to be Mr. Kawano. Oh, wow. See, he had he told me that earlier, I might have had a different idea, but he's telling me after I accepted the position. Right. Yeah. Okay, now, this principal also told me, in so many words, mm -hmm. he was almost begging me, in, by his actions and the words, almost begging me to control the Black Student Union in such a way oh, that I it's see. not going to be a problem for him because, he said, I have a very, very serious uh heart problem. Okay. And he wanted me to, in effect, control the Black Student Union right. so that he's not going to have a heart attack. That's what he's telling yeah, me. Yeah, he just didn't want any problems. He wanted you to take care of his potential problems. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. On the first meeting of the Black Student Union, right. the students who joined the Black Student Union, right. we were have, going to have a meeting, quietly came and asked me, Mr. Kawano, could you give me about three to four minutes, give us about three to four minutes alone uh -huh. in a room where we're going to meet? I thought it was odd, but I said, all right, you could meet, I'll be staying on the outside at the end of the home. And you let me know when you finish, and I come back in. I wanted to get off with a good start with our with group. Mm -hmm. When I came back in, I was shocked. What happened? They had taken the flag of the United States from oh. the wall, uh -huh. put it into the wastebasket, oh, and no. set fire to it. Right. Boy, that was a challenge, but I said to myself, God, uh, already it's getting to a start like that. <laughs> That's a rough beginning, right? Yeah, but I said to myself, I'm not going to give in. Uh, 
I'm going to control that black student union. Right. And it's going to be operated my way. Right. And uh, ultimately, I'm going to control that black student union. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you mean you mean you're just not going to let them do things That's like that, right. where they're burning things inside buildings. The and way the flag my and way of control was. I understand. Trying to win them over by the, what I yeah. say, and in other by teaching. Exactly. The, and that club meets every week. Right. You see, that's a lot of meeting. Once every week. And the meeting lasts about two hours. Yeah. And, uh, well, I thought what one way to get them to become interested in education. Uh-huh. And she said, Black Student Union is composed of what's called an, uh, a led by natural leaders. Okay. See, they'll never be elected student body president. They're not getting good enough grades. Right. Any student body officers have to be approved by their teachers and by the administration. These are the uh, leaders of the Black Student Union. Right. They'll never be approved because the grades are D's and fails and so on. But they still had leadership qualities is they what you're more talking power. about. Exactly. Their leadership power is more than what the elected student body officers have. These are kids that have charisma. Yeah. And um, so uh, I have to work through them. Yes. By con- I don't like to say control. but No, that's why I had you clarify. Yeah, you did, yeah, I know you didn't mean like control them. Yeah, you meant yeah, control the yeah, environment that they're yeah, going to learn. I understand what yeah. you're saying. And the black student in college group is going to help me. Yeah. And one thing they wanted to do mm-hmm. was something which I thought is going to be fantastic because these college students are the elite of the youth uh-huh. of the black community. They're going to colleges. They haven't graduated yet, but they're very much interested in getting education improvement in the black schools. Right. And they wanted to use Carver Junior High School as a method that it could be done. Gotcha. As a model, yeah. as a, an yeah. example, yes. One day, one day the uh, uh, leader of the Black Student Union of Carver Junior High School uh-huh. asks me, Mr. Kamano, why is it that our school is near the bottom every year in achievement? I could say a lot of things. Right. What did you tell them? But instead of saying that, uh, something popped into my head. Wow. When the natural leaders are asking, what is wrong with the school? What could we do to improve? It's going to come from the real. Yeah. See? From the roots up. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I said, I wanted to bring the principal in. Mm-hmm. I said, why don't you talk to the principal? We have a committee of about three right. or four. Go to the principal and ask for a meeting between the black student union with the principal there mm-hmm. and have the principal talk to the students as a starter. And from there, I had ideas that we could get the school system involved in a big way from the beef from the bottom up right. instead Oops, of from sorry. the top the top down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me just fix this real quick, right? There you go. 
Sorry about that. Okay, they they made they met they met, and the principal agreed. Right. But the principal and I was not getting along. Oh no. Did he know who he was messing with at that point, Freddie? Yeah, could not get along. <laughs> right. Because he and, was worried about his heart attack. He wasn't worried about the students, is your point from earlier. Well, well uh, it's a long time, but by this time, yeah. another principal had come in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. The principal that says he was going to get a heart attack. It's gone. I advised them. I advised them. It would be very, very hard. My advice to you is one. Right. Because of your heart problem, mm -hmm. make a lateral transfer and get a position as a principal in another junior high school. Right. Or, because you told me that you have a serious heart problem, hate to say this, I said, quit. Oh, boy. That's how serious it is going to be. Right. So you weren't you weren't messing any you weren't messing around. You were like, hey buddy, this is gonna be a rough ride. If yep. you think it's not, you're kinda nutty. Exactly. Gotcha. He listened to me, thought for a moment, mm -hmm. and you know what he did? No. Oh quit. Oh my gosh. He quit principal. So you showed him the wisdom in the moment, basically. He said uh, I will take your advice. Right. I will quit. And then the next morning, right. he called a special meeting of the faculty and um, delayed the opening of the class for just a few minutes because all the faculty is at a faculty meeting. Right. So the principal can make an announcement to the faculty that he is quitting. And he spoke to the faculty with tears coming down oh, his boy. eyes. Yeah. I felt sorry. But I have to tell him that because I don't want him getting a heart attack. And I will tell you, if he had stayed, yeah, he would have been dead. You knew it was going to be a rough ride. Yum. Especially because, like you say, the first day they're burning a flag in your room. Yum. And, and boy, how am I going to control this? Yeah. I understand that. Hey, so what, how did this lead to Angela Davis? Well, that's that's what I'm going to come to. Yeah. They replaced the Board of Education or the superintendent replaced right. the, the principal who quit was another principal. Right. But now they're saying, how dare, in effect, a school teacher is going to tell a principal right. to quit. Yeah. We cannot have a teacher that can be that strong in a school. Now, I wasn't being strong. I was thinking of his uh, possible death and a heart attack. Right. But they sent a new principal over him. Now I'm learning. Learned afterward he was a bomber pilot in World War II, the captain or major in a B-17 bomber over Germany and everything. And he looked the part. He acted the part. Right. And uh, <clears throat> he never shook hands with me. Uh-huh. You see, I tried to um, go to his office to welcome him. He refused to shake hands with me. Right. So I knew there was going to be trouble. Right. Yeah. And um, as the, the meetings go on and on and on, 
the Black Student Union is getting very powerful. The unity is getting right. stronger and stronger and stronger because that's one of the things I'm telling them is the importance, if you would, the, the black community wanted to have power to change things. I'm telling them that there must be unity. Right. And I used to do this. You guys are making the black power sign. It is very important that if you're separate, fighting amongst yourself, calling each other names, that was a big problem in our school. Okay. The worst thing you could call another black student was your black mama. Gotcha. And that started into a major fight. Right. So if you're divided, you're against yourself, you're weak. You could break the finger one by one, yeah. how easy it is. But if you're united together, strong, then you cannot be broken. Right. And if you call each other name and downgrade yourself and and show that you are shameful of yourself, uh, the person that's going to be the happiest of all will be the Ku Klux Klan. Oh, boy. Yeah. So every time you fight uh, and knock each other out and bloody each other, they're clapping their hand and saying, yeah. you see what I mean? These are the blacks. Uh, like that. I use that approach to get them to begin thinking how they're fighting themselves. And do you realize that by the second year of the Black Student Union, there was one semester where there was not a single fight in a school where there were about five fights a day. Right. They're learning uh, to stick together yeah. and to help each other instead of uh, fighting and uh, beating each other up. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, one more thing that I wanted to do was to let them see UCLA. Right. I took them on a field trip. Oh, so they, they could see maybe where they'd end yeah, up. Yeah, see the students gotcha. working yep. in the class and everything. They had guides showing us around. It was something right. they learned. Then the last place we went was the place where the bus is going to wait for us. Uh-huh. It's a pretty big room. When the students went there, they were shocked to see the food machines. Okay. Food machine, food machine, food machine. The room is full of food machines. Right. You put, put in the 50 cents and the food comes out. Heated cannabis soup and so on. Yeah. The fruit. At our school, at Carver Junior High School, it's just Coca-Cola. Hmm. One of the student leaders began asking, this is a girl student, so Mr. Kamano, why can't we have something like that? They have him. Right. Why can't we have a fruit machine at Carver Junior High School instead of a Coca-Cola machine? Right. And I said, that's a very good idea. Fruit is better for you. When we go back to the campus, okay, what you do is you form your commi- form a committee, always, always. Yeah. Form and get the students involved. Form a committee, speak to the principal. Yeah. See what it could be done. Get the principal promised that it could be done and he will do it. Right. Students believed him. Black student union leaders believed him. Oh, no. After two weeks have gone by, no change. Still the Coca-Cola machine. Yeah. Etc. Then McMahon began to say, began saying, the administration is lying to us. Right. And so give them another chance. Speak to them and see why it hasn't been changed 
they went and the committee went and spoke to the principal again. He promised that see, there was a uh, Christmas vacation coming up, so he promised that there will be a machine, a fruit machine, on the campus when they come back after the Christmas vacation. Right. The student told the principal, okay, we're going to hold you on that. He said, you certainly may. After they came back from the vacation, that's the first thing a black student unit did is to check to see whether the machine has been changed. Uh-huh. It's still a Coca-Cola machine. Oh, no boy. change. Yeah. So the students went on a partial strike. Okay. As a warning to the minister, you better change it. Yeah, he, he's told them that he would and he hasn't. That's right. Yeah. And then... They changed it over the weekend okay. and got the fruit machine. But notice what the students are learning. Yeah, that they ha- you have to be a little pushy to get some of the things that That's you right. want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they're realizing, even if it's a partial strike, yeah. the mere fact that they, it wasn't the full scale, a partial strike, it worked. And now, boy, these students, notice how quickly they're learning. They're going to become so powerful they can shut down the whole school. Yeah. Because they're figuring out little by little. Yes. But yeah, how quickly they can learn. Yep. You see, and the old saying, you learn best when you learn by doing. Correct. That progressive education, John Dewey. See, you could try to teach something to the student abstractly, or you could make them learn by doing. Right. And uh, frankly, I advised about that side. Go straight directly as a committee. Speak to the principal. He's the guy that's supposed to be able to get things done. Yeah, find the way He's to get the charge. results. Yeah. yeah. And the principal became frightened when the strike partially went into effect. Yeah. And now the principal's thinking, he sent me, who's running the school? Right. And no student's going to tell me what to do. I run the school. He's beginning to think that when he even says that to me. Yeah. In fact, the student is going to become so powerful. It's the first time I've ever heard of this ever happening. They are going to get the textbook for the black history class in opposition to what the textbook department of the Board of Education and the superintendent's office decided right. is the book they want my class to use. The students found a better book. It was much more truthful what that went on. Right. And uh, so we examined the books. Now we're doing everything by committee, just involving the students. Uh-huh. Committee, committee, committee. And this new book we found is a very, very powerful story of what happened to the blacks in the USA. Mm-hmm. We decided with the student that is the book we wanted to use. Right. But then, again, I could have said it, but if I said to the Board of Education, right. I'm not going to accept your book. Yeah, exactly. You could do that trouble. to a teacher. Yeah. They can't do it to a student, right? Because they're the students there, and uh, so we um, um, talked about uh, 
who to contact and what they're going to say mm -hmm. and why they wanted that book. So the student leaders at the back, you know, these are students getting D's and F's. Right. But they can talk to the some of the top leadership yeah. in the book department telling them, we don't want the book you are sending us. Right. This is the book we want. Right. This one makes more sense to us. This yes. is the one that, yeah, I understand. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty soon, the deputy superintendent of school, the next and second in command to the LA Unified School District, right. is going to call for a special meeting at Carver Junior High School right. to discuss the book issue. You see, the power that the students are now getting. Yeah, they're starting to figure it and out. And augmentation they're going to use. They're choosing, the students are choosing what book they want. Right. Because they're doing it with conjunction with the teacher. Right. Okay, now, what the Board of Education wanted the students to use was Ebony Magazine. Uh-huh. And one of the girls who looked at that magazine said, Mr. Kamano, these magazines, the Ebony Magazine, black women, that's true. But they don't look like us. Right. See, they're models, special models, yeah. pictures of good-looking black women. The average student is not like that. Yeah, I understand that. And you have an advertisement in every yeah. magazine of a hair straightener, skin lightener. Right. You see, and it's demeaning yeah. for even a, a junior high school student to read a, a magazine like that are they? <laughs> for the subject. Sure, because it's not really representing them at that point. So the uh, superintendent's office calls a meeting of all the parents together with him there at the meeting and with the black student union leaders. Right. And uh, there was about uh, six black student union leaders who was going to confront the superintendent's, uh, deputy superintendent of the school on the issue of this book, and there's going to be all the parents waiting, watching. Right. And it's going to be a debate between student and the deputy superintendent. Ultimately, uh, I told the student, when things is just going round and round in circles, uh -huh. you tell that deputy superintendent, we are now called this meeting to an end. Okay. And you say, we have to go home because we have homework to do. Now, that was something I made up. Right. All the parents, I mean, you just say that. Right. And uh, the deputy superintendent and all the parents said nothing. The student just got up and, and left. Oh, yes. Yeah. One, one last thing. And uh -huh. said, uh, it was uh, Monday night, the meeting was held. Okay. The student leader made the statement to the deputy superintendent. Right. We want 110 copies of that book. Oh, right, so they can start with it, of course. On the desk of the principal's office by Friday. Right. And on Friday morning, we are going to come to the principal's desk and we're going to count 110 books. Right. And uh, 
the deputy superintendent said, what are you going to do if we can't get that book? Right. The student just said, you will see what will happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just left left everybody there. They just walked out. Right. You know That's what happened cool. after that? No. The book department uh-huh. in the superintendent's office is now contacting San Francisco. They couldn't. They didn't have it in L.A. Oh, no. San right. Francisco, uh, Houston, Texas, or some. They found that book. Uh, a whole lot of copies of right. that, that book in Boston. Uh, that book, a uh, hundred to ten book. They could get that money from Boston. Right. <laughs> On the morning, a Friday that morning. Yeah. The plane flies in. They brought it by plane. Right. The plane flew into the International Airport. The LA Unified truck was waiting for it. Right. They took that book and brought it to Carver Junior High School before school began and uh-huh. put it under the principal's desk. So that they had them. The students went in and counted 110 books. Yeah. And students wanted that completely hands down and got the book they wanted. Exactly. And uh, all these things, you're not beginning to see the young students of junior high school age making decisions that the principal is not making, that the superintendent of school is not making. Right. They're telling the student, this is the book you will use, and this is what you will study. The students are saying, we refuse to accept that. Right. This is what we want, and we are going to use that book, and you better have it here. And they got the book. Right. And the students have learned something even more now. They could tell the highest authority in the school system what they wanted, when they wanted even, yep. and they won that. As long as they did it as a collective, which yep. was your point. You yes. couldn't do it one at a time. Yep. And uh, and uh, as a result of all that, uh, another meeting is supposed to be held. Uh, and at this meeting, The student was supposed to hold a meeting themselves right. with the principal of the school, and the students are now becoming better informed, and they know what they want, how to argue the case, and so on. So they made an agreement with the principal that they will meet them. Uh-huh. But on the day of the meeting, it was after school, they came to me and said, we're going to meet the principal today. He said he would agree to meet with us, but Mr. Kawano, we want you to be there. Right, to help him out. And I said to the student, did the principal said he wanted to meet with you, or did he say Mr. Kawano is also invited? He did not mention your name. Yeah. So then I said he expects you meeting with the principal, so maybe since he doesn't seem to like me, I would probably not be, not better sit there. Yeah. But they're begging me. Yeah. We want even you know we, we, they want me to be there at the meeting. Right. Then I said to them, "All right, I will go there, but maybe the principal will tell me to leave." He's being the chief executive of the school. Uh-huh. He has the right to order me to leave, and if I don't 
I could be fired. Right. So he could order me to leave. That's one possibility. But if I go in there, he doesn't order me to leave. I would just sit there. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to listen to give and take between the student and the principal. Then we can discuss afterward. Right. What went on? But the, let's see. All right. I said I would go in there and sit down. I would just listen. Right. The principal now comes to the meeting. The student's already there. The principal sees me. And just as I predicted. Oh, my. He's not, he's not happy. He says, Mr. Kawano, yeah. you're not wanted here. You may leave. It. Yeah. So I saw, just like I told the student, I would say absolutely nothing. Right. I'm going to get up and leave. I already told the student that's what I'm going to do. Right. And the, the students are seeing that I predicted exactly what's going to happen. And... But one other thing happened uh, after I got up and left. Uh huh. <laughs> all the students got up and they also left oh, with me. Oh man, that's cool. <laughs> but then, these students have brothers and sisters uh-huh. who are BSU leaders, black student union leaders in colleges and universities. Right. They met with them. And now, uh, since they refused to hold a meeting, the principal with Mr. Kawano there. Right. Then the um, college black student union leaders, uh, there were one, let's see, two boys and five, um, uh, three boys and two girls uh-huh. from UCLA is going to come to speak for the student. Right. And uh, students uh, come and tell me, the day before, I mean, uh, on the very, very same day. Right. Because that's the day after the, the principal told me he did not need me there. Because then the very next day, the student had already met with the student that evening. Uh-huh. And the very next morning, the student comes to me and says, Mr. Kawano, because the principal refused to hold a meeting without you being there. Okay. We are going to have the Black Student Union and leaders from the college come to speak with the principal. Oh, wow. And uh, uh, they also said, uh, Mr. Kawando, see, every student has a whistle. Mm-hmm. Like the whistle you have in the basketball court. Yeah. One student forgot one, forgot his whistle. He comes to me and said, Mr. Kawando, could you lend me one of your whistles? I said, no. If I gave you the whistle, the word's going to get around yeah. that I, ha- I gave you the whistle because all other leaders, that's 50 leaders, because you have 25 boys, 25 girls that are called, uh, uh, we had a name for them, right. uh, brothers at arms right. and sisters at arms. They all came with a whistle except one, I forgot. Yeah. And they came, asked me was I could learn in my whistle. I said, no. No. Yeah. Cannot do that because the word's going to get around that I lent the whistle and then the Board of Education will come down on me and my neck is going to be gone yeah. just like that. Yeah, yeah. So 49 students during homeroom. Right. I'll tell you what they're going to do. During homeroom, they walk out of the homeroom and when the teacher says, Johnny, get back to your seat. Right. 
He's going to completely disobey him. Walk out in the hallway. There's going to be 49 boys and girls in different hallways. They're going to take out the whistle. And blow the whistle. Well, wait a second, before that. Yeah. Uh, during homeroom when they walk out, it was not for the whistle. They're going to break into every homeroom. Uh-huh. And tell them, uh, even if the teacher says you can't stop, uh, right. stop it, stop it. You're not, you're not supposed to be here. They're going to say it anyway. They're going to break into the homeroom. They're going to say it anyway. They're going to tell the students uh, after nutrition is over. See, period three is nutrition. After nutrition is over, you all go back to your fourth period class. Uh, right. As soon as you go back to the fourth period class, uh, you're going to hear whistle blowing in the hallway in every room, every building. The whistle is going to blow during uh, the beginning of period four. When the whistle blows, uh, that will be a signal for every student in the entire school to walk out and go to the football playing field, okay. sit down. Sure enough, the whistle blows, and everybody, the whole campus walks out. Right. They go, <laughs> go to the football field and the all sit down. Field. Right. And, and so-called NACRO leaders, yeah. you got 50 altogether down there. They can control them. They're all sitting down. Right. And then after they sit down, the black union leaders, is going to, supposedly the agreement is, they're going to call UCLA by telephone. Okay. And let them know at Campbell Hall, which is the student union. Okay. They have a lot of phone. They're going to come and uh, uh, commandeer one of the phones. They're going to be there to get a phone call from Carver Junior High School. The phone call that they're going to get is every student in every class that walked out and sat down on the field. Yeah. Because that would be a signal for the five students from the Black Students Alliance right. to get in the car and drive over to Carver, and then the leaders are going to confront the principal. Okay. Okay. Sure enough, a problem arises. Word got around. Right. That they're going to make a phone call out, and the principal gives an order to every staff, every clerk, everyone in the school, not to let any student make any telephone call out. Okay. So when the black union leader at Carver was supposed to call UCLA, to let it know that all the students now seated in the field, they could not make the phone call out. So. Three girls, uh, leaders of the BSU, Black Union, comes over to me. Says, Mr. Kumano, could you make a phone call out for us? But I said, there's the principal's orders, and nobody is to make a right. phone call out. <laughs> so you get to do it. That's right. They, they thought, but if I did it. Right. See, once again, boom. Yep. So, I said to the student, what did I teach you? Right. Any problem can be solved. 
Don't just think up the top of your head, but think. You can solve this problem. And they left. And they solved the problem. There you go. There is there's a long hallway. At the end of the hallway is the nurse's office. Uh-huh. At this end of the hallway, one girl lies down on the floor. Uh-huh. Two girls ran over to the nurse's office and said in an excited way, there's an injured girl over there. And she's hurt and she's down, lying down the stairs, down the home. Right. The nurse and the clerks and the nurses all ran over to that girl. Right. Well, they were gone. One, um, where they left, one girl also left with them. And the first one girl that's left in the office now, the black student union leader, picks oh, up the phone and yeah, calls yeah. out. There you go. Now, UCLA Black Union is going to come. Right. And now, because all the students are out in the field, the principal orders uh, the teachers to be in your duty post. Uh, mm-hmm. That means not in our class. My post is the front, front of the school. Right. So I'm on my post there. Other teachers have other posts. Uh, I see this car coming down the stop in front of the school. I remember the name. Dodge Charger, blue Uh color Dodge Charger stops. One young man, good friend of mine, former student, he gets out of the car, Mm -hmm. says, good morning, Mr. Kawano, shakes my hand, says he's going to speak to the principal. And while he got out and I'm leading him to the principal's office. The other four students drove the charger away to find a parking spot. Right. And this boy named Joe Jones, he goes to the principal's office. And the principal knows what's going to happen already. Right. And he tells Joe Jones, get out of this office. I get out of off this campus. I will give you five minutes to leave. Oh, it was five or ten minutes. Yeah, leave. Gave him a warning to yeah. get out. But there was already a plainclothes police officer in the office. Mm-hmm. A lieutenant, somebody. And he hears the principal telling Joe Jones, "I will give you so many minutes to get off this office." I'm off the campus. And Joe Jones says, I have, uh, no, my my brothers and sisters are in trouble. Right. I have come here to discuss uh, their troubles with you. And the principal tells him, I will refuse to speak to you. Right. I order you to leave this campus. Uh, and the lieutenant, uh, plain clothes, uh, comes over and says, you heard what the principal said. You got 10 minutes, or five minutes or 10 minutes, I forgot. So he refuses to leave until right. I speak. He refuses to move. I'm standing there watching. Uh-huh. I said, this principal doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know what's going to happen, I'm thinking. He will not talk to him. Right. Okay, the lieutenant now comes up, says, uh, I'm like, 
10 minutes is up. You are now under arrest. He takes out his uh, the handcuffs, handcuffs, yeah. handcuffs him and puts him in the principal's office and locks the door. Okay. But during that time, the uh, girl leaders, the Black Student Union, mm -hmm. was watching, there were three girls, watching from a small square glass in the dorm, looking in. They are going to see Joe Jones being handcuffed and being put into the principal's old dorm. Right. And I'm in that main office. Uh, principal's officers and the clerks are all there. I hear a knock on the door. Right. I go to the door, open the door, and one of the leaders of the Black Student Union says, uh, Mr. Kawano, will you please tell the principal that we would like to talk to him. Uh -huh. Gave the message to the, I'm being a messenger here. There you go. <laughs> I know what's going on. I gave the message to the principal. Uh -huh. The principal says, tell them no. So I said, the principal refuses to talk to you. Right. Then the girl said, see, from the door you could see the clock on the wall. Right. The girl says, Mr. Commander, could you tell the principal right. that if you know, we are going to wait uh, five minutes, uh, uh -huh. and if within five minutes uh, he does not talk to us, uh, tell him that we will take further action. So I gave the message uh -huh. to the principal. He still refuses to talk. Right. In the meantime, two college students and two college girls are now come in. Right. They park their car. And the boys come in. And the girls come in and sit down in the couch. The boys are standing. And the first question they ask, ask is, where's Joe Jones? Right. The principal doesn't say anything. He just orders them to get out. The two boys says, we will refuse to get out okay. until we see Joe Jones. We know he came in here, and now he's gone. Now, where is Joe Jones? And at this point, the principal now gives them like five minutes or so. And yeah. The officer's there. Two girls are sitting there. Okay, now the... Boys are not going to leave. We will not leave until we see Joe Jones. And they give up. They speak softly to the girls. Leave now. So the girl's going to quiet the college girl. Right. They're going to get up from the couch. They're going to go after the car. Those boys are going to get arrested. Right. Handcuffed, and they're going to be put into the principal's office. Okay. But the... Black student union girl leaders, they said, five minutes and we'll take further action. Okay, uh -huh. they brought out of the 2,500 students in the football field, they brought out about 300 to 400 students and took over the administration building. Oh, there you go. In a sit down. Yeah, they brought them in. Yeah. Yeah. And once they sat down, 
I went through them telling them, do not even mock the wall. Right. Sit there quietly. Non-violent sit-down strike. That's what you're engaged in. Right. No violence. You may read book if you have a book. You may be reading a book or pretend to be reading a book, but no violence, no mocking or anything. Right. And be as quiet as possible. That's what they did. They took over the building, about 300 or 400 students, except when they took over the building, right. one of the boys went into the, the door that I opens up this way, uh-huh. into the hallway. It was locked, and they put, he put a chain Oh, okay. From the inside. Right. Chain around it. In the meantime, something odd is happening. Uh Uh-huh. There's no noise outside the campus. Usually there's automobiles, trucks or something going by. Right. The police had now blocked off. Oh, boy. Carver Junior High School, one block away in every direction. Yeah. No car, no car can come next to coverage and they're all directed it away. Yeah. Carver is now isolated. Yeah. And now, I sense that the, the, the principal and the lieutenant is going to go and call the police. Right. And by this time, mothers are coming in, ministers are coming in. Uh-huh. What's going on? You see, there's all this locked off, huh? Traffic cut off from the cover, right. and so on. They're getting worried. They come there. I'm going to meet them, and I'm going to have a discussion with them. The principal is going to panic. He will panic, and he's going to call the police right. against the student. If he does that, it will be a catastrophe. Yeah. Predictable. Yeah. Even if the students are just sitting there quietly. Of course, it's a protest, and they yep. will only support the protest if there's yep. more problems. Now, the, I got the, uh, the boys vice principals agreed with me. Right. So I got him on my team. I got the chief of the, uh, uh, the Baptist ministers of L.A., the black community. Right. He was the president of the Baptist ministers. He joined me, and there were about four, five uh, men, plus the three or four or five women were now on the right. campus by this time. Uh-huh. And uh, across the street, you could see a police lining up right. on a teacher's parking lot. Although I did not sit there and count it, uh, just by one one quick look, yeah, it looked to me as if there were fifty. Yeah, we ever heard of fifty police going to invade the campus? Uh huh. Well, we formed a committee. Yeah, I went before the principal and I said to them, "This is what I'm going to say. Let me do the talking." Mm-hmm. And you back me up. You just be with me. That's backing me up. We went there, and I spoke to the principal, not to call the police. Right. Talk to the student. Right. They're not demanding that they're going to steal something and going to smash someone's head. They're saying they want to talk about the problems 
right that exist that the students are, sure. are asking that's all they want to do just talk to them you have nothing to lose right talk to them everything to gain the old people behind me backed me up on that and the principal said to me I will think about it yeah then we left now it's up to the principal right and uh, the police are lining up some of them come, came from motorcycles some are uh, some came in um, just a black and white car right. some have a helmet and boots uh, like that and the police and the uh, principal is going to call the police yeah Okay. The police comes, but the boy had chained the lo- chained yeah, the door chained from the inside. Door shut, sure. They couldn't open it. Yeah. So they brought a battering ram. Uh huh. They're going bang. You can hear the door. Right. Bang! It just wouldn't open yet. And the mothers, by now there's about eight mothers in there. Yeah. They go in front of the students next to the door. And they get down on their knee. Yeah. And as the door begins breaking, uh-huh. the mother says, Oh God, and they're on their knee. Oh God, oh God, don't, don't, oh right. God. And they're trying to put themselves between the students and the police. Right. Now, by this time, standing next to me is a member of the Los Angeles City uh, Community Relations uh, uh, member. Right. Sent from Mariotti's office. To check, uh-huh. and he's there. Well, he comes too late. They're battering. Right. He's standing next to me, and he kind of tall fellow, black man. Uh huh. He's crying. Tears coming down his eyes. He's crying. He's afraid to say anything. He could hear the battering ram, and he could hear the women crying. Right. Children are not leaving. They're sitting, mm-hmm. not leaving. And then finally, the police breaks the door down, uh, pushes the mother aside and goes straight at the student, mm-hmm. and they have clubs. Oh, boy. I'm telling you, the student's gun gets up, uh, and I heard, uh, and I saw one student strike a kid down, right. and, and she, she went blap, right down on the floor. Right. That was one of the black student union leader who told the principal, we'll give you five minutes. Right. She went down. And uh, pretty soon you begin to see scream because the police are moving in, this mass. Students are now rolling over, falling over, bodies rolling all over the place, all the way to the other end. I picked up this girl. I carried her off the farm and brought her inside the main office and laid her down on that couch. I said, totally, you got to see a doctor. Uh-huh. It was all as if she's still in a daze. She says to me, where are my brothers and sisters? Where are my brothers and sisters? Wow. I must be with them. Yep. She's dazed, but she insisted upon getting up and joining, joining her brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. And then go to the end of the hallway in which in the hallway is now littered with students lying down moaning. The police went through it. Now stretchers are coming in. Right. Ambulances are coming in. They're picking up. 
By this time, ABC, CBS Radio, and uh, yeah, TV. Yeah, it's big news now, boys, of course. They're taking the photograph of all that's happening sure. to them. And they're talking to students that are being carried on stretchers, trying to their own. Man, that sounds day. horrific. And this girl, the leader, who told the principal, I'll give you five minutes, she goes to the end. Right. And I look at, and now the end, you have thousands of students that will come from the field now. Right. They're coming to that one end of the hallway. She's speaking to them. She's telling them, you're going to charge back in there. Right. And they're going to come put the police in there and we're going to charge in there. I told her, this is going to stop right here. Do not, do not send. Yeah. Anyone in there, someone is going to get killed. Right. It's already gone pretty far at yeah. that point. He's going to get killed. Yeah. So they backed off. They backed off. And the police are now trying to arrest them. Right. They refused to be arrested. When they were in there, shooking they're and taking fighting the arm and off, yeah, fighting of course, back, of course. The police are manhandle them. You know, the rest of us is going to help him. Right. They're going to take the student away from the officer. And that's what starts running. And then the officer starts chasing that student. Yeah. And you know what the rest of the students do? They pick up, pick up rocks. And bottles on this thing that began attacking the police. It's a melee. Yeah. Then the students goes at this. Then another group over there is picking up rocks and right. bottles and throwing. You had a, a guerrilla warfare. Right. You're going in, going against students and officers against each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was warm. Going in the policemen are thinking they're doing their duty because right. that's what they're ordered to do. Yeah. The students um, are. This is their belief. Yeah. They're fighting for their life. Yeah. It's actual guerrilla war. One fact yeah. that police are chasing students all over. Students wow. are in a group attacking from one end to another and so on. Eventually, they're going to destroy the entire campus. Right. Yeah, they're at odds. That's a, that's a full-blown uh, 60s uh, sit-down protest, it sounds like. where It was the... Well, it was a big news when yeah. students uh, occupied the president's office right. in Columbia University. They right. didn't break anything. They just sat down in that office. Took control. And that was a big, big news. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Here there are the kids that are 12 to 14, 15 years of age. Yeah, getting hit by uh, cops. Fighting with the police. Yeah, yeah. And um, if there was a wrecking machine with a wrecking ball there, man, right. and the kids knew how to use it, they would have wrecked the whole Man, building it down. Sounds like a melee, Freddie. <laughs> there was no windows left. Right. Chairs are all thrown out the windows. So do you, so that's an amazing. I mean, you've painted an amazing story and given a picture that's really vivid. Is that? Do you feel that was like full circle of what these kids had learned? Um, you know, you would start it off talking about how. You, you know, they were burning a flag at your at your meeting, and then you slowly were showing them how to to utilize a power that they had. Yeah. And then, do you think this is the full circle of what that was? I think that um, demanding that they wanted to speak to the principal, right, and engaging in a non-violent, right. Um, sit down, strike in, in occupying the building yeah. to get the principal to talk. Yeah. Uh, 
was not for the principal to decide. Gotcha. Do I talk? I gotcha. Do I talk? Or do I call the police? Yeah, I the see. The mayor already sent the car out to pick me up. I see. That evening. Yeah. And um, they took me underneath the city hall and up the elevator and right into his office. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I uh, talked about was the, what the police did. Yeah. And uh, he stated, uh, the, Mr. Commander, the police never would enter the campus in force unless they are asked to do so by the administration. Yeah. So he's putting the blame on the administration of for course. what happened. Of course. Now he never even mentioned the student. Right. Uh, by golly, we were able to get some lawyers. There were some yeah. great lawyers. Yeah. They were white. They have organizations, um, uh, radical left-wing organizations out right. there. They were willing to send a lawyer. They even sent a lawyer. Are they going to take that case? Yeah. And um, sue the Board of Education yeah. uh, for what they did. And uh, there was a big parents' meeting. Yeah. And there were lawyers there. And I was trying to persuade the parent to let the lawyers take this case and sue the and Board of it, Education. Yeah. And I think the news will be picked up and it will be the students who would have been the victim. Gotcha, gotcha. See, because there did not have to be this violence. Yeah. What's wrong with the principal? When the, the, the student leaders, not right. only of the campus, but from the colleges, are saying they want to speak to the principal. Yeah, just to have a conversation about issues. Exactly. Yeah. My students, my brothers and sisters are in trouble. Yeah. And we need to talk. Yeah. No, I'm with you on that, Fred. That's yeah. an amazing, that's an amazing. What year did that happen? You say 68? That was, a, okay, uh, the strike began to happen, minor ones in 68. Yeah. In uh, 69, because of the police moving in, it yeah. became the major, major thing. And, uh it's going to get go. To, the news is going to go flash all over the world. So for a guy like me, Freddie, this is like because uh, I was I was very young at that point. Yeah. That that's more like looking back where I would see or read about the anti-establishment. That kind of like the wave, the beginning of the wave is what you're describing. Is you were yeah. there and you got to kind of see how there's a whole circle that brought the violence that you weren't even anticipating. You yeah. assumed a reasonable person would sit down yeah. and listen. Yeah, that's so fascinating. I'm sorry, we're probably out of time at this point. Yeah, that was an amazing story, and hopefully, I can come back and talk to you about some other things that have happened in your yeah, life. May, may I end it by yeah, saying, of course, of course, this is going to cause the U.S. Department of Justice from Washington D.C. to send representatives. Yeah, that big congressman who represented that area. Yeah. Uh, Augustus Hawkins is going to seek me out because I told the students and the leaders to pass the word out. Do not talk to newspaper men. Right. Do not talk to anyone except you tell them. You speak to Mr. Kawano because I have a plan, gotcha. you see. And one of the plans that I had was I was determined that the students are not going to go through this with nothing. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to Congressman Augustus Hawkins, he's trying to seek me out. He couldn't find me any place. Right. He finally catches up to me uh -huh. because I would have to assume there was a police following me. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, there's a great story you have about that too that we'll get to yeah. maybe in the future. Yeah. But I think we we pretty much covered it for tonight. So if you want to finally wrap it up, it'd be great. Yeah, wrap, wrap that part up by saying. My, he wanted to know, Congressman Augustus Hawkins wanted to know why the strike took place. Right. I put a garden saying uh, they wouldn't speak to each other, they, they wanted to make changes, etc., etc. Yeah. But no, because I was planning to speak to the congressman. Yeah. See, these kids can't study. Right. You know why? They're hungry. Oh, interesting, which is going to bring us to the, the lunch program. They're hungry. And I mentioned the kids who graduate going to Vietnam and fighting right. and all that. They're going to be the future workmen of America. We have food rotting yeah. in America, and these kids are all going hungry. These kids have nothing to eat in the morning yeah. and so on and so on. And I told them that we have to start, uh, the government has to start feeding them. You cannot depend upon, I told them that, Cannot depend upon the parents. Right. It's a terrible thing to say. No, I mean, it makes See, sense. The parents are getting money. Yeah. Aid to dependent children, money for the county. Right. Where's that money going? Yeah. The children coming to school without eating breakfast. Yeah. With no lunch money. Where's the money going? Yeah. And I argued with um, the Augustus Hawk and the congressman. Yeah. And that's why the money, instead of being given for the food and so on, instead of being given to the mothers, should be given to the school right. so the school can feed, uh, feed yeah. the students. Uh, and that's how it's going to begin. Right. And uh, when it began, after the strike and everything is ended, uh, when they started out, they said it's going to be experimental at Carver Junior High School. Right. And uh, uh, when I was eating lunch, a girl comes up to me and says, uh, Mr. Kawano, there are three gentlemen who said they would like to meet you in the student cafeteria. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, and I went there. And they were representatives from the state, from the national government, oh, wow. and from the LA Unified School District. Yeah. They wanted to meet me, and they shook hands, and, and, uh, and they introduced themselves and said, they're here to observe yeah. uh, how the lunch program works. And uh, this is a trial. Right. Harvard Junior High is going to be on trial to sell it work if it works the way out works good then they said it will continue on into the next semester yeah and you may spread them nice more than just la and i said i'll believe it when i see yeah, it you, you you had a reason to be cynical at that point yeah. a little bit well <laughs> freddie i gotta tell you man that's this is an, an amazing adventure sitting down and talking with you anytime I normally do it on the bar side here at the Dresden, and we, we spill <laughs> drinks with each other. But I hope to, uh, in in the next uh, couple weeks maybe, uh, yeah. get back with you, and we'll pick up kind of where we left off. I think we've covered quite a bit for one sitting, and uh, I'll remember where we're at. I made a couple notes here, so I'll know what we're talking about. But I greatly appreciate talking to you as always. Thank you so much, Freddie. Okay. Well, it's not enjoyable, to talk about students suffering. Correct. Nonetheless, it is history yeah, that fabulous. actually took place and is one of the greatest things Yeah. that the children going to junior high school, any place in the United States ever did when 35 million children in the United States right. can have a free, free hot breakfast and lunch yeah. as a result of what they went through. 
it's fantastic. Yeah, and it's a fantastic story. And in a way, you 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 seem to find yourself at that place in life where you're making a difference. That's amazing, Freddie. Yeah, so many things are happening so fast. Right. That you have to have a general over or thinking in which you could put it together in a logical way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again for sitting down and talking with me. We'll do it very soon. All right. Thank you, Freddie. It was a, well, I hate to say the word joy when I talked about no, the police and all that, suffering and all that. Yeah. But nonetheless, it was a joy to talk to you. Well, thank you, sir. Because it was you. Thank you, Freddie. Yes. Hey there, this is John, and I'd like to say, hey, thanks, Freddie, for being on the Mobile Radio Carnival here with me at the CEF.world.